Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Hey God, as we dive into your word this morning, would we be ready for a heart change? Would we be ready to work things out with you? Would we be challenged to move in areas where uh, we need to move to? Would we stand firm in areas when we need to stand firm? And God, would we allow your Holy Spirit just to wash over us and to teach us, guide us, direct us, and sharpen us? In your holy name we pray. Amen. We started a new series about uh, a couple weeks ago talking about let's be honest. And so if push came to shove, are we really honest with ourselves and where we're at right now? Because I think sometimes we look at everything around us with the shootings and suicides, fights over certain political, theological, scientific, and sociological issues, we really actually need a little bit of a gut check to say, am I being honest about what's going on around the world, but also what's going on in my own heart? Because I think that it's easy to fight the symptoms because it gives us immediate results, but we really don't want to fight the root causes of things. We don't, I don't, I'm not so sure sometimes if we are honest with ourselves that we want to create lasting heart change. We say we do, but are we willing to put in the effort? Instead, it seems like we draw lines instead of drawing nearer to God. Our worldview gets quickly out of focus when we actually don't study the Word of God. So the first week we actually looked at where does your truth come from? And last week we talked about uh, where does your righteousness come from? And it only comes from a point when we actually turn towards Jesus and believe in him and then trust in him and walk his way to live out the gospel over and over again. I love this piece of scripture because I think it absolutely brings to the point of view what's really going on in our world. And so, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, and we're going to continue to read this until the very last week. Here it is. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and supplications. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. There is an unseen world battling for our souls, and we need to desire faith as our foundation. And when we have faith as our foundation, then the Holy Spirit reveals to us that we cannot be righteous. Which we can't attain the righteousness on ourselves, but it is through Christ and through our repentance and belief in his life, death, and resurrection. That is the springboard into where we're going today because today we dive into the shoes of readiness. In fact, actually, it says the shoes of readiness put on by the gospel of peace. I think we need to do a little work, though, before we can get to this point of just automatically going, hey, I'm ready to have the shoes on. And so I want to read with you a scripture, Ephesians 2, 13 through 18. It's going to be up on the board. You don't have to exactly um, keep on running with me in those. If you want to turn, that's great. But here's what it says. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Do we have that one? I'm sorry. One second. I guess you do get to turn to it, y'all. I like when I use y'all right. All right, 2, 13 through 18. But now in Christ Jesus, you know, once we were far off and have been brought near by the blood of Christ... For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinance that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility." Verse 17, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Here's what he's saying, that you are at once against God. You had no ability to stand on your own. You had no ability to approach him. You had no ability to live the law out fully. You couldn't do it. And this is what Jesus Christ did. He said, I make peace with you. No longer does God look at you and is against you. He is for you. That is the peace of the good news of the gospel. That once you know the truth of Jesus Christ and you put on his righteousness, the overwhelming peace should come upon you. That through Jesus Christ, he has made a way for you to have peace with God. And, I love this, peace with others. Because it used to be that Israel thought that they had everything to themselves. That they were the one true people. And Jesus comes and goes, no, I came for the ones who were near and the ones who were far off the Gentiles, and the Jews. In fact, actually, John Piper says it even better than this. He says, the gospel that we have is the good news that God purchased peace by the death of his son and offers it to sinners who believe in Jesus. 
we have the good news that God's omnipotent wrath against sinners has been taken away through the death of Jesus for sin. And everyone who believes is reconciled to him freely by grace. And in the place of enmity becomes peace. And there is nothing sweeter in all the world than to be at peace with God. That is where we get to start today. Because I have a question. Are you at peace with God? Or do you look at the rest of the world and just go, God, what are you doing? I don't understand why you allow all this stuff to happen. Or maybe you look at yourself and you sit there and you go, I could do a better job than you can, God. I wonder if you realize that you need peace. Before we can ever put on the shoes of readiness, are you at peace? And I don't know if I can ever say completely and truly that any of us are ever at complete 100% contentment. I would love that to be the case. And there are probably some of you in this room that are. But I would contend that most of us need to come to the point of going, hmm, God, I, I need your son Jesus Christ because I don't know if I'm exactly at peace with you. Know that God is at peace with you, though, whether you're at peace with him or not. So before we can go into all of that, I, I just want to ask you that question. Where are you at? Process that a little bit today. Work on it a little bit. Even if you hear nothing else from the rest of my sermon, I hope that you think about that this morning. Because... God has purchased that peace with his son, Jesus Christ. And he says he loves you and let's move forward. And so that's what we're going to do. After that, this is what it is. It's the readiness to live out the gospel of peace. To be people who are peacemakers. To be people who desire to show what Jesus has done on the cross. Desire to live out their faith. Because as last week we've already talked about, and I'm not going to belabor this anymore, but as we turn and as we trust Jesus, this is what we get to do. We get to be ambassadors of the peace. We get to put the shoes on of readiness to do that. Okay. Queens, everybody's nodding with me? Yeah. Let's get into this. Okay. So now, let's talk about shoes a little bit. Because you guys would remember a while ago, I told you that I, I really like shoes. I, I really like shoes. Um, in fact, actually, I'm, no, I'm not going to go in there. Because I want to tell you something. Shoes make a big difference. If I was in up here wearing my sneakers, my high top sneakers, I don't own a pair. But if I was wearing high top sneakers right now, they would not match this outfit. They'd probably make it look cooler, I think, but my wife would tell me no, right? This outfit needs dressier shoes. I think that when we look at shoes, we realize that they do make a big difference. In fact, actually, I think you can tell a lot of, about somebody 
wearing shoes. Now, I'm not going to stereotype and all of this sort of stuff, but if a person was to walk in our church today in sandals, you might say that person is a little relaxed. They're comfortable. Some of you might say he's crazy because it's March still, right? There's, we, we don't have beaches yet, okay? Some of you, if you saw somebody come in with steel-toed boots, probably some of you are wearing them right now, but if you came in with steel-toed boots, what would you say? I mean, that person's ready to go to work, right? They're ready to do something. If you saw a person who came in cowboy boots, right, you would probably think they were a cowboy. Probably. Or me. Just me. If they had dress shoes on, high heels, loafers, they are probably going to do something fancy. They're getting ready to do something. If you had high tops on, I would think that you'd probably be ready to play basketball. But what would it mean for a person wearing the shoes of readiness? When you wear the shoes of readiness, I think it, it tells us a lot about the person. But the question that I, I maybe want to get at a little bit is, is how? So we're going to get into it a little bit. I want to share you a picture of why you should have shoes on at every moment. Because I'm telling you, I have kids. I have two boys. And my two boys love, love Legos. Have you ever walked on a Lego in the middle of the night? This is why shoes are important right here. Michael, good to see you again. Nice to see you, Tyler. Thank you for joining us. So, uh, as many of you know, one of the worst things in the world would be stepping on a Lego barefooted. Michael, would you like to tell them what we're going to be doing today? Tyler, today you are attempting the furthest distance walking on Legos barefoot. Oh, God! Oh, wow. The mark to beat is 25 meters, which is 82 feet. <laughs> Sounds like a long way. Let's walk on some Legos. This is it. This is the moment that we've been waiting He's for. trained his whole life for this moment. All the other records are hogwash compared yep. to this. It's mm. just going to be horrible. This might be the worst five minutes of your life. Let me see your view here, T. It's a long view. Go ahead and take a look. Hard to see the other end, honestly. Three. Starting in three, two, one. Let's go. Just got to fight through it. Come on, T. Oh, God. Ow, it's for the wall. It's for the wall! Oh, that one's a good one. Oh, that had to be a saw blade. You got this, Ty. Let's go, baby. Go by the record ball. Let it Halfway! You got this! Oh, that looks horrible. Oh, that looks like triple back to back. It's a lot worse right here. See the finish line. It is hard to walk. Come on, Ty. Come on! Come on, Ty. Come on! Oh, his feet have got to be bleeding. Tyler, you can step off. The mark to beat was 82 feet. That tape measurement is 146.94 feet. Yeah, it's a Guinness World Records title. Congratulations. Thank you, Michael. Oh, Michael, as always, thanks for joining us. Congratulations. We'll see you next time on Absurd Records. Yeah, that is insane. I don't, I, I probably only know one person in this room that could probably do, and it's Mary Jo Gutenberg. She can walk over anything. <laughs>
But uh, sh- we should have our own World Guinness Book of World Records here. Uh, <laughs> Hey, but uh, they tried it. I, I want to know how much those Legos cost. 182 feet of Legos. Whoo! Anyway, let's move on. Uh, I, I think that when it comes to shoes, we do need to realize that it's important. That when we have the right shoes on, it does get us ready to do what we're supposed to be doing. But I want to say, let's be honest. And if you're filling in blanks, here's the time to pull out your sermon notes. Let's be honest. When it comes to the shoes of readiness, we would rather have shoes of comfort. When it comes to shoes of readiness, we would rather have the shoes of comfort. I think sometimes we've made the readiness for the gospel of peace something different than it is. My one question that I, I kind of have for you to think about today um, is, is this, is what are, what are you devoted to? What are you devoted to? Because I think slippers are comfortable and nice. But in terms of spirituality, I would think that when we put on slippers, we want it to be nice and cozy And we forget that sometimes God isn't always comfortable. One of my favorite lines in a book that I um, that I read to my kids, um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They're talking to the Beaver, right? And uh, Lucy asks, uh, "Hey, is Aslan safe?" And he says, "Of course, Aslan isn't safe, but he's good." And I think sometimes we forget that we don't need to just put on the comfortable slippers in terms of our spirituality and just lounge around and let God do everything. God is asking us to go somewhere. Sometimes if you were to watch a person in our church who wore sandals, right? If they had the sandals on in their spirituality, they are just waiting for paradise. They're just lounging on the beach, just waiting for their golden ticket to arrive so that they can get to the pearly gates. I think sometimes if you were to look at somebody who had workout shoes in terms of spirituality, it would be a person that just wants to only work on themselves and not really do much else. I want to get more knowledge. I want to store it up in myself and I want to be really fit Christian and do nothing about it. There's sometimes in terms of spirituality, we see some people wearing golf shoes. Ah, it's somebody else's job. I'm retired now. I can play golf all day long. I've done that. I've been there. Now it's time for the next generation to take it on. And then there are some of us in the spiritual realm who are wearing the work boots who are just saying over and over again, well, at least I'm suffering for Jesus. I just have to do it because nobody else is. I'm just going to strap on my big boy pants. Here we go. Another day, another dollar in terms of spirituality. But what would it look like if we desired to put on the shoes of righteousness? 
How do we do that day in and day out? Isaiah 52, 7 says this, How beautiful on the mountains the feet of the messengers who bring good news. The good news of peace and salvation. News that God of Israel reigns. So how do we put on the shoes of readiness? The first way we put on the shoes of readiness is to look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Hebrews 12.1 says it like this. Sorry, I'm a little out of order there. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which, so close, which clings so closely and let us run with the endurance the race that is set before us. The reason why I put that in there in terms of looking in the mirror is because looking in the mirror allows us to see not only what's in front of us, but maybe what's behind us as well. There have been tons of people that have gone before us. In fact, the saints of the Bible are sitting there going, come on, you got good news to share, let's go. But when we look in the mirror, I wonder if we can be honest with ourselves and look at what we actually have on. Look at what's actually on our feet. I love what, and, and here, I'm here to tell you that there are so many stinking verses that I could go into today about how to put on the shoes of, of readiness. And, and here are just a few things that I look at. And so I know there's tons more, but I love this verse because it talks about clothing. So here you go, Colossians 3.15. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe... Above all, clothe... I can't even read this. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Here's the kicker. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I wonder when you look in the mirror and you actually see what's going on, do you have tender-hearted mercy? Do you have kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience? Because it allows us to share the peace of Christ. In your sermon notes, I also put on the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Man, maybe look at that and go, hey, do I have those things in my life? Peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Yesterday, I lost it in the van with my, with my kids, and if I was holding up a mirror, I probably wouldn't be too happy with what I saw. Was I ready for the gospel of peace, or was I just ready to usurp my authority? over my kids. Because when we look in the mirror, this means that we see life in a completely different view. We see people differently. We know now that it is a battle for their souls because we've already been talking about this. When people do wrong things to us, it isn't against us. It is their sin that compels them. 
We see the root cause. It is their sin in their lives. And when we actually look in the mirror, we can move, we can move towards the gospel a lot easier. We allow forgiveness to reign in our lives. It's much easier to tell the truth to one another because we're not combating a person because we're actually fighting sin. When the gospel of peace consumes us, we're not easily offended. We show grace more easy. We have mercy instead of judgment. Because of these shoes, we are ready to see the forces that are at work. When we look in the mirror, we see what's really going on. Because it starts with us first. And the second way in which we can put on the shoes of readiness is to start preparing. To start preparing. First Peter three fourteen through six says this. Sorry, I need to go to the first one first. My bad. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And I love that verse because I wonder if we can actually take a step back and go, what am I really fighting here? What's really going on? What do I have to prepare for? What do I have to prepare for? Because some of us, uh, some of you automatically know that, hey, there are things coming up that I have to prepare for. I wonder if we do that with the scripture. A couple weekends ago, I was, ski, uh, I was skiing with my kids, right? And so um, I had to prepare a little bit. I had to get myself ready a little bit to spend all day on the slopes. But I didn't prepare myself enough because when I was bending over, right, to put on my boots and everything like that, this is exactly what I did every time before I did that. And then I bent over one time. I was like, fat guy on a little board, right? I did not prepare myself to be ready to be on the slopes. In fact, actually, at one point, I saw stars when I, when I, like, stood up. I was like, oh, my gosh, right? But that's what happens when we're not prepared when it comes to our spirituality to share the gospel with people. In fact, actually, we just kind of throw it out there and go, oh, well, I'm supposed to do this now. But really, we haven't spent the time preparing at all. We think that we've got it handled but we haven't maybe done the work before of, of uh, I, I talked to somebody this week. They're like, man, I have had this coworker that I know I need to talk to. And her response was, do you think that I've prayed for that person? That's a way that I want to prepare to be ready to share the gospel with them. 
For some of us, we need to do a little bit more work of maybe even knowing what the scripture is actually saying. There are scriptures we misquote all the time, right? Because we love those scriptures. But maybe spending the time of going, I want to know what it says for the express purpose of having it in my heart and to share it with others. We need to be preparing ourselves. 1 Peter 3, 14 through 16. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sakes, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Because we desire to constantly be prepared to tell people why we have a hope. And I wonder if I came to you right now and said, why do you believe in Jesus Christ? A lot of us might stammer and stutter. It's not perfect. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying be perfect. But what I am saying is I wonder if you're prepared. I wonder if somebody came up to you and said, why do you follow Jesus Christ? If you would have a reasonable explanation or it would take you maybe a couple days to kind of sort it out and give it to them. And maybe not just the answer that's the easy answer of the, <laughs> the easy answer of having the sandals on. Well, it's because I get to paradise, man. What if it was actually the work of being prepared to say, this is why I have hope? Because once I was against God and he had bought my peace, I, I don't know what it is for you. But are you prepared? Are you praying for opportunities every day when you wake up? Are you spending the time with God to actually get those, the desire for those opportunities in your life? And the next way that we can put on the shoes of readiness is to go perform and leave the outcomes to God. Go perform and leave the outcomes to God. Because here's the deal. None of you in this room are absolutely 100% perfect at any of this. But it is our duty to go and share the gospel. And it's, the outcomes are not based on what you've done, but they're based on what God is doing. We only need to be willing to be there. And I wonder if a lot of times we're not always willing to be there if we're not willing to see what's happening around us, we just want to give our opinions. Romans 10, 14 through 17 says this. How then will you call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how are they to believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, once again, back to Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what, has he, what he has heard from us? So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Here's the deal. Our only job is to go and perform because we have been prepared. God is asking us that every moment, it's not, I'm not saying go on the street corner today, that's not what I'm saying, but in your sphere of influences, I wonder how much you've talked, about, talked to people about your relationship with God, about the peace you have with God. Because how are they to call on him? Can you put that back up there for me, man? How are they to call on him when they haven't believed because nobody's told them? What if it's just simply the invitation to invite them into it? I believe Philippians 4, 6 through 7 gives us a little bit of hope. And this is what it says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So in terms of going and performing, the only thing we have to do is continually share the gospel of the good news. And leave it up to God for the outcomes. Because the problem is that when we start to wear the shoes of readiness, people think we're crazy. I know without a shadow of a doubt that if you were to go up to somebody in your work and say, hey, let me tell you about my relationship with God, some people may go, ah, don't, don't talk to me about that here. No, but I gotta tell you, it's that important. It's that important. Ah, that's just crazy talk. No, it's not. No, it's not crazy talk. And this is why, because I have been preparing. I've been looking in the mirror. I've been seeing where God wants me to go. And this is him asking. Now, I'm not asking you to go to work tomorrow and go, look, seriously, you need Jesus. Let's do this right now. Here. No, have a little bit of relationship, all right? Have a relationship with them. People, when you wear the shoes of readiness to share the gospel, will say that it's out, fa out of fashion, that it's out of date, and it's worn out. It's already been done before. It doesn't help me. No, but it does. It does, and let me show you. And keep on showing them. Some people will look at it and go, it's got too many holes in it. Sorry, it's got too many holes. No, it doesn't. Would you study it with me? Some people would say, by doing this, 
by having the shoes of readiness that you're going to get hurt in them. Man, if I just, if I go and put myself into it, I'm just going to get hurt again. Why would I do that? No. Here's the deal. I'd much rather try and get hurt than never try. And some people would say that the shoes of readiness don't support you. You have got the creator, sustainer of the universe supporting you. You don't have anything to fear. Because we know the truth. We have experienced the righteousness of God because he has made peace with us. And so in understanding the gospel of peace, we desire that all people know this peace, that all people would see it lived out in their lives. And one of the best ways to experience the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace is to give the news away wherever and whenever the Holy Spirit leads you. The more ready we are, the more prepared, the more we're ready to perform, the more we've looked in the mirror, I think that we become more ready to move with the gospel and the more life and power and joy and security we will know because of the gospel. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, help us to be ready to move with your gospel. Would you allow us, as we sing this song and we worship you with this last song, would you allow us to look in the mirror of our own hearts? Because, God, our hearts are deceitful. And our hearts don't really want you. God, your Holy Spirit draws us to you and you, your Son imparts his righteousness on us and nothing that we've done at all that we can say that we deserve it. But then you tell us to be devoted to you so that we can be ready with the gospel of peace. Lord, would you help us to put on those shoes this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, for those of you that don't know, my name is Brian. I'm the youth pastor here. Um, if this is your first time, this is kind of how we do things. Seth um, preaches uh, a message, and then I come up and I kind of give another voice to it because sometimes when we hear stuff, we don't actually hear it, and we need to kind of hear it again. And... and Maybe if you heard a whole sermon from me, it'd be way too loud. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I thought of, what, for, I came from Great Falls a couple years ago. Uh, uh, and, and when I came up here for one of my interviews in December of 2015, um, I, I showed up in, um, later at night in, in pajama pants and uh, uh, kind of weak long sleeve shirt because I was just prepared to kind of go to bed. So I'm texting Seth and he said, come to Zerbies. And I don't know what Zerbies means. Um, I was like, what's a Zerby? Um, and when I plugged it into Google, Google said zebra um, and couldn't find any zebras in Glasgow. And so finally I get it from Seth that it's a, it's a shop 
up here at the top of the hill, and everybody in here kind of knows what Zerbys is. It, um, and, and so I show up there, and he is with the youth group decorating a trailer, and I'm in flip-flops in December. I am not prepared to meet any youth students in my pajama pants and flip-flops to help decorate a trailer, but Seth did not help me to be prepared. And so in that, I, I, I want to I kind of look at, uh, so Ephesians 6, where we're at, and it says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, the gospel, the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of Jesus Christ, his, 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 all of the Old Testament leading into Jesus, and then he actually comes. All of the prophecy he fulfills, and so we have the gospel. This is actually, actually good news. But when we think about sharing Jesus, we think of this awkward, hard thing. We're not ready to do it. We're in flip-flops and pajama pants. We're like, this isn't good news. It's cold outside. And this is good news. The whole entire Old Testament leads to this point. We have four books describing this point called the gospel. And this is good news. The, the life of Jesus who led a, led a sinless life. God himself came in the flesh so he could become one of us, live a sinless life, and die for our sins, your sin. This is good news. This isn't flip-flop news. This is, this is running. This is awesome. And so then, then we have one more verse that, went, that, that Seth went over uh, uh, in Romans 10. I, I really like this in verse 15 at the very end. It says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel. I have really ugly feet, but when I put on shoes, it's way better. God covers it. God covers us. And how dare we not be ready to share the good news? Have you looked at the news in the world today? Have you seen the, the, the shootings and the gun control on the left side and the right side and the conservatives and the whatever? And the, it's, we're all in one family. And when we, when we fight against each other, we're not, it's Satan tricking us. We're fighting against stuff that we can't see. And we put the guise of Democrats and Republicans on it, and Trump and not Trump, and Hillary and not Hillary, and Obama, and this is the good news of Christ. And we've got to be prepared to, to share it. Ask yourself today, as you're preparing to put on these shoes, why is it good news for you? And when I think about this, and this is, this is how we're gonna end this here, and we'll, go, we'll pray. I was doing some math the other day, and I thought about our, our church on average has about 200 people sitting in chairs. You can look around, and we have about 200 of us in here. I don't know exactly today, but it's average a little over 200. And then there's a couple other churches in this town that, that preach uh, Jesus Christ, the good news, that preach the good news. There's some other churches that don't preach the good news, but there are some churches in town that preach the good news as well. And, and with those, if we add us all together as one family, let's just guess maybe 500 of us in Glasgow, Montana. Do we know the population of Glasgow, Montana is about 3,500 people, a little less, a little more? That's a finite number of people. And if we were all sharing the good news, if we were all ready and prepared to share how amazing this good news is, we each only get seven people. Seven people. If we reached, each one of us in this room reached one person a day, we could have the whole town covered in a week. 
that's not relationship, that's not good. So maybe, maybe if we just took a week with everybody in seven weeks, we'd be done. Let's get Glasgow covered so we can get the rest of the world because I know when we have the good news and we're ready, we could do it from right here. Let's pray. We could talk for a really long time. So Lord, thank you for shutting me up. But Lord, I, what I pray is that, that, that we, we take this into our hearts. We, we, Lord, we realize what it takes to tie our shoes. That takes practice. Lord, we've got, to, we've got to practice what your good news means in our life. We have to have a testimony and be ready to share it. And how beautiful will those feet look spreading around this, this countryside. Lord, may you give us the strength. There's no power inside of us that's going to be able to do it, but your Holy Spirit living in us and motivating our hands to be hands, our feet to be feet, and that we, Lord, with your your good news, your gospel, that we can, we can change the world. Thank you so much for today, Lord. May you just bless the rest of our time that we have here together in this building, but as we move out, may you bless our feet, your feet, your shoes of readiness. Lord, we pray all of these things in your name, and everybody said, amen.